Ready to boost sales and grow your business without the BS? Welcome to the Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We'll be sharing actionable tips across marketing, sales, and growth without the BS to help you skyrocket your business. And welcome back to a fresh episode of the Business Growth Show. I'm your host, Sam Dunning, co-owner over at webchoiceuk.com. And today I'm joined by Mark Evans. Mark's the principal over at Marketing Spark. He helps B2B software as a service companies engage and attract better prospects and drive higher sales. Mark, a warm welcome to the show, sir. How are you doing? Thank you. Thanks for the invite. Uh, things are great. Can't complain. Good man, looking forward to this dude. So we're going to be talking all about how you can craft content, not just for anyone, but the people that actually matter to our ideal prospects, our ideal customers and clients. Let's jump straight into it, sir. Let's put you on the hot spot, put you on the hot seat. Why should a business owner, why should a marketing exec, why should they consider content marketing as a, as a strategy to, to fuel sales and grow their business? Well, the reality is, is that most businesses or most companies don't buy in a, in a snap. They don't buy right away. They don't see your product and say, I got to have this thing. It's so good. Even if it is so good, they're not going to buy immediately. So what you need to do is you need to nurture, you need to engage, you need to educate. Sometimes okay. you even need to entertain. Yep. So content is a great medium to make that happen because what you're doing is you're positioning your prospect to see you as the obvious choice. You're positioning yourself as the guide, as someone who's, they can feel confident that if they select your product, it's the right decision. And content is a great way to make that happen. Okay. Yeah. Nurture, educate, entertain. That makes sense. I mean, how do you feel that content marketing kind of stacks up compared to, let's say, more traditional channels to get faster results that companies might think can look to, like, let's say, Google ads or social ads or kind of paid um, performance marketing or those kind of channels that I guess are a bit of a quicker hit because um, a lot of people and I know I did in the early days kind of heard content marketing and thought that just means I got to put out 10 tons of articles tons of podcasts tons of blogs and then maybe in a couple of years I might get a lead yeah it's an interesting question because you can approach it from different angles now I think the biggest thing to remember is that we're talking about a marketing mix so any marketing is not singular. So you're not just doing content marketing or paid or video or email marketing. Like you're doing a mix of it. And the other side of the coin is that you're creating marketing that's going to resonate with your target audiences. And you have to know what kind of, what kind of marketing they're going to consume. I use the analogy, you got to dance where the party's happening. Because yep, if you like think that. that LinkedIn, and we all love LinkedIn, is the place to do your marketing and to build brand awareness, yep. and your target audiences aren't on LinkedIn, then you're wasting your time. Like it, it feels good. You're part of a really hot platform. But if it's not a place where your prospects are hanging out and they're learning, then it's a fail. Like it's just a waste of time and effort. So the, the, the way to look at content marketing is to say, okay, is it part of the overall mix? Is it a way that we can connect with our target audiences? And can we can it be part of something that also includes search engine optimization and paid and direct mail 
and email marketing. And if it does, then yes, embrace content marketing, but realize it's just part of the number of levers that you're going to pull and push as you move forward. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense as part of an overall kind of multi, multi-channel approach, I guess. Um, and is it something, can content marketing give you a quick fix or is it something you have to go into, Mark, with a long-term mindset, would you say? Yeah, that's an interesting question. And I would say that it's not pe- it's not for people that are looking for instant gratification because content takes time. People need to read your content, trust your content, and it just be- needs to become sort of the trusted resource. So for example, if you look at what HubSpot has done over the last 10 years, they have created a massive library of content. And over the years, they have become sort of the trusted guide. If you're looking for advice in any kind of marketing, particularly inbound, you go to HubSpot yep. because you know that that's where you're going to get great advice. And that's the value of content. It really differentiates yourself in the marketplace because you become the valuable resource, the go-to resource. But I agree with you. It is sort of a long-term proposition. And if you're looking for instant gratification, you may get it from paid, but that's a competitive space too, right? So you have to balance everything. Like it. Um, and we'll get into kind of how we can gear our content for idle customers and the channels we should focus on in a bit. But you've you've raised an interesting point there with HubSpot because like you say, they're market leaders when it comes to CRM and the amount of content they put out is insane. So for smaller businesses, just looking at a company like that might be quite daunting as a challenge. So we'll get into kind of how we can attack it. But should we be looking at content marketing as more than just a play to generate sales leads? Should we be looking at it as a play to kind of build brand, to perhaps generate referrals, become kind of the industry leader in our niche as well? Is, is there more to it than just generating, let's say, sales pipeline? Absolutely. I mean, I think that content is something that percolates and resonates in the marketplace. These days, you're hearing a lot about the dark web. Chris Walker, for example, a very well-known marketer on LinkedIn, talks about the dark web a lot. And what the dark web is, is there's a lot of things happening, conversations between prospects, referrals that are going on, people sharing content, you know, know, distributing it internally. But those are the things that as marketers, they're not attributable. We can't see it. We don't know what's happening, but we do know that it's going on because in many cases, before people make purchase decisions, they're very well educated and they may have not contacted you or or directly connected with you at all. So that's where content can play a huge role because there's a lot happening before they even touch you. Um, so the idea is create content, get it out there and position yourself as the the option out there or one of the one of the key options. That's the key. It's it's difficult to sell into businesses, right? Because um, I know a lot of CEOs, they only want to, no, I'm not saying, I'm not p- painting everyone with the same brush, but a lot of my marketing activity, especially if they're spending dollars or pounds to, um, to revenue, right? And when you try and say that it's part of a brand building exercise, not everything is attributable uh, because things might, as in, let's say your content has a link somewhere, whether it's in the comments and the email and the video, whatever, um, doesn't mean because a prospect click that link they're going to request a demo or buy right now right they might see that they might see more of your content over time and then because they've kind of earned, you've earned their trust then they might go directly to your website and speak to a sales rep 
that looks technically as a direct inquiry, but it's not because you don't know the path they've come to to eventually get in touch. So the point is, I had this a while ago because there was someone on LinkedIn that had been following the bits and pieces I post about websites and SEO and generating inquiries with your site. They'd actually referred me, this person I'd never heard of, they'd referred me to another company and basically said, you need to go with Sam for, for your SEO in this instance. And that's that almost amazed me because I'd never actually had a conversation with this chap. And he was so interesting in what I was saying that he felt that he introduced me to this client. We did a five-figure deal. Um, I never had to do anything because it was all done for me. It was right. insane. But I, how do you go about kind of when you're speaking to C-suite execs and trying to get buy-in and they ask difficult questions like how can I tie everything to, to revenue and things like that what's what's kind of your answer Mark well part of the problem right now is the marketing world is divided in half on one mm. side you've got paid and you've got you know the instant gratification part of it on the other side you've got brand the pendulum for many years has been on data and paid and SEO but it's starting to swing back because brand matters Brand is about establishing differentiation and the competitive edge and having people see you as the product. So in your case, your great content, the way that you demonstrated thought, leadership and direction, convinced somebody that they should trust you, that you knew what you were doing. And so in many respects, you have to get the CEO or the entrepreneur to buy into the idea that content matters. In many respects, it's a leap of faith because they don't understand content. They don't recognize that it is you know, a long-term proposition, right. but if they do understand the power of brand and they do recognize that it's the way that you can flank the competition, then that's when they can recognize that this is something we should do. And it, it is hard because a lot of entrepreneurs aren't writers. They don't do content. They don't understand content. Um, but as a marketer, you got to convince them that these are the benefits and this is how it fits into the overall marketing mix and how it sort of undermine, under, underscores everything that you do. Cool. Makes sense. So let's get actionable here. Um, but before we do, why is it important that rather than just creating content, um, whether it's video, whether it's podcast, media, blogs, LinkedIn posts, whatever the heck it is, why does it have to be honed in specifically um, to ideal prospects? Why can't we try and p appeal to everyone and get as many clients in, in the roster as possible? <laughs> well, that would be great if you could be if you could do everything for everybody, but it doesn't work that way. In many cases, you know, marketing budgets are pretty constrained. You have to focus on the people that matter. Um, you know, the last thing you want to do is have a shotgun approach to marketing. Instead, mm. you have to be laser focused and and targeted. So the the most successful, most effective content marketing is designed for a specific audience who have yep. specific needs, interests, problems, aspirations. And one of the things that we see a lot on LinkedIn is marketers waving the flag about knowing your customers. And this is marketing one-on-one. I'm always puzzled by why marketers want to talk about this, but it does reflect the fact that maybe we don't talk to our customers and prospects enough. So we don't understand what they need to know, what right. their problems and what their aspirations are. So one of the keys to content marketing success is go talk to your customers. Um, go talk to the people in customer service. What are the questions that prospects and customers are asking? And then you write content that answers all those key questions. And that's a great way to position yourself as someone who understands them. And you want to be seen as empathetic. Like I'm, I understand and I recognize your problems and I'm going to help you. And my product is going to help make that happen. Yeah. Um, so that's step one to creating 
you know, effective content. Okay. So yeah, this ties us nicely into kind of actually creating, crafting this content that's going to appeal to our idle buyers. So people that we actually want to get in touch with us and get some business, get some deals over the line with. So talking to customers, um, tell us a bit more, Mark, about kind of what that looks like. I mean, appreciate if, if we're a bigger size organization, perhaps we need to talk to, like you say, our customer service team, our sales reps. If we're a smaller business, it might be ourselves out on the front line selling each day. Um, what are we doing there? What kind of what kind of process should we follow in the sense that taking what they say and then put it in into some kind of content mix? Or what do you advise? How do we go from one to the other to the other? Well, Number one is you talk to your customers, you listen to them. You're anytime you can interact with customers, you're trying to get insight into what they're focused on, what they're worried about, what their aspirations are. And you know, the old time, um, a lot of companies just have suggestion boxes where you write a piece of paper and you put it in the suggestion box and that's how they would improve operations. Well, you're trying to do the same thing when it comes to content. You're, you've got a digital suggestion box. So anytime a salesperson or a customer sale, customer success rep or the CEO recognizes a good content idea, you put it in the suggestion box. And what you want to build is a repository of great content ideas. So let's say okay. over a period of time, you can, you have 50 ideas. Now, you may not need to create 50 pieces of content, but what you can do is you can review all those ideas and pick the five best, the 10 best, the 15 best. And that's just one simple way of coming up with content ideas that you think are going to resonate. The other technique is I call the Marcus Sheridan technique because he's a very well-known content marketer is you get everybody in the room like your secretary and your shipping person and your customer success person, customer service, and you just ask people, what are the questions that prospects and customers are asking? And they can't leave for an hour. So maybe you want to provide coffee or lunch so they can make that happen. But you will be surprised by how many questions that people will come up with. And from there, there's a wealth of content that you can raise simply by answering questions. Nice. And I guess it will save you time as well in the long run, because if you've got a piece of content that answers a common question from prospects, um, from existing customers as well, rather than having to spend hours each week, each month explaining it, you can just direct them to this piece of media or put it on your website or put it on your social media, et cetera. Yeah, th I think there, there are two different types of content. There's prescriptive where you're answering questions, you're providing prospects and customers with guides on how they can do better, leverage your product, solve their problems, become successful. So that's one side of the house, which is important. Right. And the other side is thought leadership, where you're demonstrating how, you know, you're, you're, how smart you are, the, what, what you think, um, where you think your industry is going, um, best practices. So you're positioning yourself as a trusted resource. And I use that time and time again, because sales comes down to, in many cases, comes down to two things. One, do they know you and do they trust you? And then yeah. if your product is solid, then you put that together and that's a great formula for, for sales success. Got it. Okay. So yeah, we've, we've got a bunch of ideas now. So we've, we've spoken to our sales team, we've spoken to our customers. What, I mean, if, if someone's just starting out on this market or if they're fairly new to the content marketing model, what do they do? Do they just try and create a bunch of videos, a bunch of blogs, a bunch of articles, a bunch of LinkedIn posts? Should they go on it all guns blazing, start a podcast? Or is there 
kind of steps that you recommend that businesses typically follow so they don't get overwhelmed and try and do everything at once? So once you've got all those ideas, I, the next step is to create what I call content pillars. Okay. So there are two or three or four themes that you're going to be writing about or folks focused on all the time. So for your business, you do website optimization, website design, SEO. Those are the themes that you're going to talk about you know, time and time again. So you, you become known as an expert and that does, um, that while you develop, demonstrate expertise, it also keeps you focused so that you're not scattered all over the place. It's kind of like going to a diner where you've got six options and it makes it really easy to figure out what you want to eat as opposed to going to a restaurant where the, where the menu is dozens and dozens and dozens, right? Because a lot of, when it comes down to content marketing, you, you, it becomes easier when you're writing about the same things all the time. And then your audience knows what they can expect from you. So that's the next step. And then the third step is figuring, okay, so we've got our content ideas. We've got the, the pillars that we want to focus on. And now we have to focus on the channels to deliver. And that goes back to knowing your customers and understanding, do they read blog posts? Um, are they enthusiastic about podcasts? Is yep. video the best way to get to them? Or maybe we should be um, publishing our content in trade magazines or on, on industry websites. Because once you've got that, then you know what you're going to write about, the themes you're going to use, and how you're going to deliver it. Yeah, some good points. So just jumping back a step to step two, content pillars. Love that. Like, like you say, um, I'm very, very selfish when it comes to my content in the case, in the sense that I'll only publish on, on LinkedIn, on YouTube, on, on this podcast. I'll interview business leaders like yourself, but my own stuff, I'm only going to do websites and SEO because that's what I want to sell. Right. Um, I don't want to talk about other stuff because it's wasting my time um, in a selfish, but business focused view. So should other companies take the same standpoint of, look, these are the core services we actually want to generate sales ops for. Let's just focus on these. Absolutely. I think that if you're selling, let's say, sales automation software, you should be focusing on two or three or four sales-focused themes. And it doesn't, always, doesn't have to necessarily be about your product, but it, be, it can be focused on the, the problems that your product solves or the things that the benefits people will get from using your product. So for example, if it, if your product makes meetings more efficient, talk about how to make meetings happen, how to write, ask the right questions, you know, how to best practices for arranging and doing the meetings all around the same pillar. The other yep. thing I'll say when it comes to content, when you're just starting out is yep. I always adopt the, the philosophy that less is more. Okay. Um, the idea that, you know, there's a tendency when you're creating content that, that you want to be everywhere. I want to be on YouTube and a podcast and LinkedIn and a blog and email. And you end up spreading yourself way too thin. This is dangerous if you're a small business because you've only got so many resources. So it's better to figure, okay, why don't we start with a couple of channels? So why don't we leverage our blog and then we can repurpose our content for LinkedIn and that way, we've got a nice, efficient, manageable content marketing strategy. And if we're seeing success, then double down. Just do a much better job. But if, you, if you're feeling a little bit cocky and confident, then add an email newsletter, right? So the idea is, is you don't have to do everything all at once. You can, you can sure. be pragmatic. You can be strategic. And you can, you can give yourself the luxury of, of learning as you go. Yeah. 
I love that. I love that um, kind of start step by step. It's easy to get overwhelmed. I did that when I started the podcast. I tried to do kind of three or so interviews a week and it just took up too much time preparing for the episodes, putting them together, trying to produce them and then um, trying to do work in between, trying to generate sales for web choice. It was just overwhelming. I cut back, tend to do kind of one solo episode, one guest interview, and it just makes life a lot easier. So that that resonates. Um, Also like the fact that you say if you put together... What I tend to do is quite often if you put together kind of a long piece, a long form piece of content, be it a podcast, um, a blog, whatever, once you've got that on a specialist topic, that's a heck of a lot of content, then you can chop that up, right? Absolutely. Like I'm a huge advocate for podcasting. You know, for a couple of years, I looked at podcasts and I thought they're too much work and I don't want to be bothered. And then last year I launched my podcast and it is by far the smartest and best marketing move that I've ever made. Because podcasts, when you think about it, are Trojan horses. So what you can do with a podcast is you you have an excuse to reach out to pretty much anyone, thought leaders, industry leaders, prospects, customers, and you can say to them, I'd love to have you as a guest in my podcast. And, and you know, very rarely people will say no. So once you get them on your podcast, then you're building a relationship. And you're getting insight into what people are thinking. It's a great way to generate some really great content. And from a podcast, you can turn it into a blog post, LinkedIn posts, videos. So if you're on the on the fence when it comes to a podcast, my advice is get off the fence. The barriers to entry are extremely low. Like it's super simple. You don't even have to spend a lot of money, right? Yep. You need a microphone, and that's and basically I'm a podcast host, and you're off to the races. Um, so if if there's a takeaway from our conversation for anybody on this uh, on this podcast, it's st- start looking at a podcast because it's 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 gold. Like it's and at one point in time, like you know that a lot of companies have blogs right now. In time, in five or ten years from now, every single company will have a podcast. Yeah, no, it's it's solid advice. It's like you say, a great way to get in touch with ideal prospects, potential customers, speak to your existing customers, learn from it, share content with it. And just like you said, I do it all the time, chop chop them up, create micro snackable video content, create blog posts, create YouTube videos, create articles from it. So it's, it's, it's all win-win. One thing I want to ask Mark is people tuning in may be curious about this. Um, when it comes to knowing, let's say we, we're only going to start out putting our content on a couple channels to begin with and steadily grow that. If we're unsure where our prospects, our customers are actually hanging out, because there's a lot of advice that goes out there, like go on LinkedIn, go on TikTok, go on YouTube, go on this, because this is the best place to be. How do we actually know that this is the right channel for us and our prospects are here? I think go back to the uh, to talking to your talking to your customers and prospects, and you can you can do that through surveys. You can talk to them directly. I mean, I mean that's that's the insight that you need to drive marketing. Uh, but sometimes it comes down to experimentation. So mm-hmm. you're you're using LinkedIn. You're seeing the engagement that you're getting. If if it's not working, then maybe your audience isn't there. But the more you know about your customers, the better you're going to do. And and you know, I, I don't think you can just say I'm going to be on TikTok because um, it's a really popular video platform because the, there's no correlation. Like it doesn't mean that your customers are there. Um, it just goes back to the basics. And I think that's why you see a lot of marketers focusing on knowing your customers, because 
in a fast moving, multitasking, instant gratification world, it's really hard to get people's attention. And you got to be exactly where they are with the, with the right content at the right time. And I, 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 it's just marketing one-on-one. That's the best way that I can answer it. Yeah. Yeah. So on that note, we've, we've kind of alluded to that this is a, a bit of a long-term play and there's a lot of advantages in terms of building brand, generating sales opportunities, referrals, becoming a thought leader and, and more. How do you, how can we make sure that we stay consistent with it? How can we make sure that we're not just, have you got any tips when it comes to kind of rather than just doing, I don't know, one piece of content a month or one podcast every couple of months, how do we ensure that we're strict, that we keep the flow of content going so our our name, our brand is consistently in front of our prospects? Yeah, that's a great point because a lot of companies get very enthusiastic about content. They create a bunch of it. They lose their mojo and then they disappear. And that's the worst thing that can happen. So what yeah. you need, so you've got your content ideas, you've got your pillars, and then you have to build put together a strategic plan. So how much content are you going to create? Who's going to do it? How's it going to happen? You know, what are the systems and processes that you need? They don't have to be overly complicated, but you need a plan of attack to make it happen. And I would suggest using an editorial calendar. So you know exactly when you're going to be creating content uh, and how it's doing. Um, And then you just have to have discipline. You have to basically commit yourself to doing it day in, day out. The message, one of the key messages is here, this is a long, this is a marathon, not a sprint. So you got to keep going day in, day out. And I guess the biggest piece of advice I would say is don't try to do too much too soon. So if you're launching a blog, it's okay to do a blog post a week or a blog post every two weeks if that's manageable. Because the reality is, is that there's lots of other things going on other than creating content. So you know yourself from trying to do three podcasts a week. It's great, but it's totally unrealistic because you're busy doing other things. So, yep. you know, there's not there's nothing wrong with starting slow. Like I'd rather have a client write one blog post every two weeks for a year as opposed to losing their enthusiasm. Can you think about it? If you do that, that's 26 pieces of really good content. 26 pieces of SEO optimized, you know, goodness that you can use to continually nurture your prospects and customers. I like it. Yeah. Work, work, what's manageable for you, I guess, rather than trying to go crazy and give yourself an early heart attack like me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's no reason to, to make content stressful, right? It should be, it should be something you want to do. It should be something that you're excited about that is going to move your business forward. If it comes becomes an obligation, then then stop doing so much or find someone who can do it for you, can help you do it for you. Yeah, cool. To wrap things up, so we've, we've kind of get, given a bunch of actionable ways to kind of gear content for your ideal customers, how you can go about it, what channels to consider. In terms of turning this content into sales revenue, bit of a tricky one for you is or it might might be an easy one should we always include a call to action in our content so let's say for example we're putting out a podcast should it say look get in touch with us here at our website or our landing page if we're putting out linkedin posts do we need to say look there's links in the comments to get in touch or if it's on our blog post should we make sure it's bombarded with call to actions to request a demo or um or not should we just think um go in the sense that we're building thought leadership people will understand our name our brand over time and they'll come to us when they're ready 
I'm a big believer in call to action in every single piece of content. The key is, is to be subtle, is to recognize that you're offering insight and value. And then just at the end, you can say, hey, if you like this piece of content and you want to learn more about what we do and how we can help you, here's where you go. The, the, the mistake that a lot of companies make is that their content is very company focused as opposed to customer focused. And that the content is really about the product, not about the user and what their needs and interests are. So number one, customer centric, not product centric. And number two is be subtle, be elegant, you know, don't yeah. try to, you know, you're just trying to say at the end of it, you know, Hey, by the way, if you enjoy this piece of content, people hopefully will enjoy the content. This is how we can, maybe I can help you in a, in a different way. And if, if you do that, then people want that, right? They don't mind if you do that because it's, it's just, it's just really, you're just sort of throwing it out there. And if they buy in it, then great. If not, that's okay. Yeah. So give, give people the option. Don't ram it down the necks. Exactly. Um, exactly. Cool. Nice one, Mark. Well, on that, we shall wrap up the show. Really appreciate you coming on and enjoyed the conversation, sir. Thank you. Thanks for the invitation. Please do tell us more about how people can learn from you, how they can connect with you and the best way to get in touch. So you can visit my website at marketingspark.co. You can subscribe to my newsletter. There's all kinds of CTAs in the, on, the, on the website. It's a three times a week newsletter with bite-sized pieces of marketing advice and, and guidance. And of course, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Nice one. And we'll put all of those links over at the site, businessgrowth.marketing. And with that, I want to thank you once again, Mark. Really appreciate you coming on, dude. Yeah, thanks a lot. No worries. And if you enjoy the show, as always, hit that subscribe button. We interview business leaders and share actionable marketing tips to grow your sales revenue each and every week. And with that, we should catch you on the next one. Are you tired of hunting for clients? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending money on marketing, but your website is failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of leads and sales. Want to learn more about WebChoice's unusual approach that brings ideal clients straight to you? Book a free digital marketing assessment today at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com.